Welcome to the Growth and Grief Podcast, where we interview individuals just like you who are dealing with their own journey from loss to growth, along with mental health experts, growth guides, all with the purpose of helping you better heal your mind, body, and spirit, find your new purpose from the loss and the tragedy that you have experienced. Hi, I'm Tom Pasello, known as the ROI guy. I'm your host, I'm a growth evangelist, as well as a fellow widower, having lost my beautiful bride of 19 years, Judy, almost five years ago to the day. So today I've got a couple of guests. This is a rarity where we have more than one guest, but uh, we're welcoming back two amazing guests to talk about spirits, ghosts, and visitations. Oh my. We welcome back first Helen Keeling Neal. She's a licensed mental health counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, nationally certified counselor, and she's got a private practice in my hometown here of Winter Park, Florida. And Helen is on the board with us here at Growth Through Grief to help guide our practice on all things. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. Welcome back, Helen. Awesome. And Helen, as well, has experienced grief and loss herself. She is a widow. Uh, Her husband passed away when her children were really young, four and six years old. So she knows grief and loss well. And, um, that helps a lot in her understanding some of what we go through here as widowers. Um, and we welcome back Brian Rossi. He's the CEO and founder of Instigate. They're an entrepreneurial success engine and consultancy. And he's author of the book, Lack or Success. I'm holding it up here. You can see it there. And uh, he lost his life partner of over 14 years, Melda. And uh, she was his exotic inspiration, his turnaround artic, his mystic, his spiritual guide, his life Sherpa, and he lost her in 2017. And I'm sorry about that, Brian. And welcome, welcome both of you. So we're here to talk about an interesting topic. And this one is interesting to me because I'm an engineer, I'm a systems thinker, problem cause solution, I mean, the idea of spirits, ghosts, visitations, it's definitely not something that I would have readily embraced before some of my own experiences in this area after my Judy passed away. So first, I want to get an indication. Talk about your belief in spirits, ghosts, and visitations. Brian, yeah, I'll start you with know, you. I, with Imelda, and people don't know about Imelda, but Imelda was a pretty spiritually gifted woman that could see, and she was a medium. Um, She was a seven degree empath. So she was very galactic and that's what she was. That's what she did on a daily basis. So I was indoctrinated into or exposed to it back in the early 2004-ish range where that world was now being a part of my daily experience through conversations and so forth. So as I bring this perspective, it's not that I, I just had a lot of years of being involved and in seeing a lot of crazy, fun, unique things that have happened over the years just by who I was associated with and who my significant other was um, and so forth. So my belief is I definitely know, believe in spirits. I know they're around. Uh, I have numerous things that we hopefully will talk about today on this podcast and, um, and so forth. So I'm, I'm definitely a believer. And Helen, how about you? Did you come to this 
willingly? Did you come to this via uh, a guide that might have shown you, or was it just experience of seeing the supernatural firsthand that kind of got you believing in so that's spirits, yes, ghosts, yes, and visitations? And yes. So I, um, I'm someone who likes to keep an open <laughs> mind, so I don't want to close the door to anything because I think that uh, there's so much more that, that we don't know. And, you know, it's been a process for me, an evolution into what I believe or what I know based around what I've experienced. But yes, I'm, I'm, I'm the same as Brian. I believe in spirits. I believe in um, messages that come through. I've experienced many of them myself. I, um, But I also support anybody else's right to not believe and to not think the same way that I do. Uh, I think that for me, it's been a, an important part of my grief journey. And I found it very reassuring at times. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm a believer for sure. All right. So I was not a believer. I'm definitely the skeptic of the group. I did not have someone before this who was as spiritual, Brian, as you had. A um, couple of things happened to me that kind of convinced me. So I'm going to share a couple of those, and then I want to go around, and I'll go, Helen, to you next, and then Brian, to maybe share a couple of experiences. Um, there was one where, you know, and I know this has happened to a lot of widowers, where they wake up at the time of death. Um, you know, Judy passed away in the house, and almost every day, and even sometimes to this day, I will wake up at just about the time of her death. The dog is stirring around, hearing something, you know, maybe there's some subconscious reason for it with me, but often, and especially in the beginning, I would wake up all the time um, experiencing that. So, and then for me um, as well, some other things happened that were pretty darn convincing. We had these ceramic hearts that we had collected from our travels. And one by one, these hearts were well attached to the wall. And before this and ever since, there has never been a piece of artwork that has fallen off the wall. But one by one, maybe a month after her death to maybe two months after her death during that kind of month time period, each one of the hearts, three, fell off the wall and broke in my mind, representing one for each of the remaining, myself and my two daughters. And they didn't just kind of fall off and just break a little bit. Each one fell off and were just shattered. I mean, irreparable, dozens of pieces, one just, just completely shattered. Three different days. Three and so days. I thought that was really representative. Three different days. Three, oh yeah, three different days. Um, this was over the course of about a month. And it wasn't as a result of a door closing or, you know, sometimes you can close the door hard and it'll shake the wall and something will fall off. It had nothing to do with any of that. They just kind of randomly kind of flew off now, the wall. Now, let me ask you this question. Crashed now, down. Here's shattered. another question. Is, is <laughs> when the first one happened, what did you think? Did you say, hey, Judy, what's up? Or did you say, or did you even go there? That's my question. Did you even go there and acknowledge, hey, Judy, what's going on? You know, like, are you here? You know, like, are like one of those? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's a great question. 
I definitely thought that, again, the engineering logical brain is pretty strong in me, Brian. So I didn't, I, I went there right away and then kind of dismissed it. I rationalized it away <laughs> until the like, second. Oh, you didn't get that. You didn't get the message. And then certainly the when, okay. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get the message. I'm still Definitely an Italian turn for being a little thick-headed sometimes about stuff too. So that, that doesn't help, <laughs> yeah. Brian. I don't know if you've heard that term before. But, um, but yeah, it took, it took those three times for me really to be convinced. And then knowing that, and th there was one other heart that never did break. And there was only one that was left remaining. And, uh, you know, I, I can suppose some of the symbology behind that, but I thought it was really well, curious. Well, what is your symbology behind it, Tom? Probably what, what do you extract oh, from that one that's left? Yeah, that her heart and her love still goes on, I think. You know, so that's kind of my interpretation of it. And the three of us, our hearts are broken and she's with, she's in a better place in love mm -hmm. and surrounded with love as being the fabric. And that our hearts are left behind and are broken. I, I, I would say that's my kind interpretation of where would it be was. She would have broke the fourth if you didn't get the first three. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's my interpretation of the fourth one is it took three to get, I believe, you know, like one of those. They get the message across. Get the message across and get it through. Yeah. Well, there was one other incident that was really scary in a way. And about the time of her passing at night, one evening, the alarm system didn't go off in the house because I, I rarely had it on at the time. But guys, it shrieked. I mean, it screamed. And it's a sound that I didn't even know how and how the alarm system even made that sound. It wasn't designed into the system, right? But it literally was the alarm system screaming at me. And I've recorded it. I won't play it because it is still to this day, I've, I've listened to it every once in a, a long time, but it still gives me shivers and, and has me react and trigger because it is so frightfully scary, the sound that was coming out of the, the alarm system. Interesting. I, I, yeah. Now, don't interpret I will, that. I will, I will so I want to go on and find out what it is. I'll hold that one back. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I've got my ideas there too and stuff, but I want to hear some of the experience that you guys have. And that's too. And I'll share a couple of others that, that have occurred as well. So, um, Helen, I'll go to you first. What are some of the supernatural? Oh, things so many to choose from. <laughs> I, I, I'll tell you, I think probably <laughs> one of the most profoundly helpful experiences I had. I, um, I had a friend who asked me, um, oh, here comes the yard guy. I had a friend who asked me a few weeks after David had died whether I would be interested to go and see a medium with her. And it actually turned out mm -hmm. to be someone who I'd, I'd seen a couple of years previously who'd protected the children. Okay. Yeah. Are we okay with the yard noise? Or is it all right? Yeah. You can still hear me. So, yeah, so we went to see the going. medium and, you know, I was really deeply, deeply in grief. It was super new. Um, and the, the medium's name is Elizabeth Palin and she's really terrific. And she's also English, which was, that was good. I enjoyed that. She's from Liverpool. And, 
but she's in the States. <laughs> so she I didn't have any information about me other than my first name. And right away, she tuned in to David immediately right away. And so she was saying things like he says to tell you he's got a new car. And we'd had an argument about him leasing a car and putting the down payment on a credit card. So I knew, it felt like he was messing with me with his little sense of humor. She talked about how he couldn't believe how many people came to see him when he was in the hospital, that he really loved the video. I had a video put together for the service. Um, and he said, he's really funny. He keeps doing this thing. And this is what we would call the bear dance. He would do this little dance called the bear dance. So when we got to the bear dance, the other two couple, I could sort of be like, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, sure generalizing the bear dancer i was like okay this is going really well but then she said the one thing that really just blew my mind and i just broke down sobbing and i'll give you the setup after david passed away in vitas hospital and uh you know they they come in and they put the blanket over and they comb their hair and i was in there sitting with him in the room by myself and they combed his hair into this geeky style. So I, I, um, I, I leaned over and I fixed the hair on his body. I fixed it into his style. So here we are, I'm with Elizabeth Palin, the medium. And she says, and he says to tell you, you fixed his hair. And I just sobbed and I sobbed with like the gratitude for that connection, okay. the gratitude, knowing that he was okay. It was just a really, really profound and beautiful moment mm -hmm. for me. So that was, you know, that is one of the most yeah. significant. I yeah. I don't know how anyone else, I know I got chills when you said that, um, and how she could have known that. There's absolutely no way yeah. the bear dance and the hair. Definitely not. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Yeah, exactly. Now I have not visited a median. Brian, I think you have as well. So, but tell tell us a couple of your stories that you know Amelda is still. Oh, yeah, I mean, still there. Um, well, it's it's interesting that Elizabeth is from, I, I assume English and British, so. She might have been trained in the British style of mediumship. And I, I, I would say I only know of that because one of the ladies that I, that Amelda used to train under was a British style medium. And that style, they have to confirm without a shadow of a doubt that what they're telling the other person is who it is before they move any, anywhere forward. So most likely she was confirming and confirming and confirming Helen to just to make sure that you're communicating with exactly who you want to communicate and there's no discrepancy. Um, so that's, that's, that's the style that I was, uh, did when Imelda passed away because I wanted to make sure that who I, who I was talking to was Imelda. Okay. And so, uh, cause I wanted very specific answers, questions answered because, you know, like I said, I was aware of mediumship. I was aware of these things for, a decade plus going into this. And so my first question to Imelda was, Hey, why, why not? Man? Like, you know, like, why, why did, why'd you leave? And she's like, Hey, and I think this goes back to, you know, and goes back to the overarching topic of, of grief is you got to understand that, uh, you know, when we come here, 
we come usually with a partner that we're supposed to kind of be with during this lifetime. And so Amelda reminded me that this was part of our journey, our journey of, hey, come into this lifetime, start something, and then you need to learn, Brian, how to live without me being the spiritual crutch on the other side. And I get it. I get it. It was a very rough thing to hear from someone else. And obviously you're going through a grieving process and so forth. But one of the main stories that I want to talk about was, you know, it was about three weeks after Imelda passed away and I was living in this apartment with my two cats and uh, I wasn't leaving the house. And, but, you know, it came time for to go get some groceries and it started to rain Thomas and Ellen. And so I left and I went to the grocery store and I came back and it just stopped raining. It just stopped raining. And so I lived in this apartment complex that was uh, in the back alley. So think of like a small eight unit building in the back corner is where my unit was. So there's no one walking past this. There's no one walking in the rain. There's no one walking in this back unit. And if it was, there was no other cars, you know, in the parking lot. It was just me because I was the only one there during the day because I ran my own business, right? So as I came back, and I'm going to show on the screen, I came back and on the back porch, just stopped raining, like literally pulling in. And all of a sudden, I'm not sure if you can see this, but we'll see if I can see this. But I'm going to show a picture I took on the railing. And for those that cannot see, it says, I was here in pink chalk on the railing. I can only attribute that to Imelda. Okay, because that's the only person that I could think of that could actually pull that off. <laughs> okay, just to let you know, three weeks after she passed away. Now, that 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 always gets me as the start here. But there was one more. There's one more that I like to, to bring up is there was, um, you know, Melda, like I said, she had certain quirks and things that and I think we all do in relationships. And, and one was this spiritual little trinket of an angel, a spiritual guide that she liked when she was not feeling very well, she would put in her pocket. She would kind of hold on to it. I have a picture of it on my, my social media, Facebook page, and you could see the spiritual and it's an angel with two wings. Well, well about a couple weeks before uh, her passing, um, one of the wings broke. Like one of the wings broke off of this little spiritual angel. And she's like, look for it. I'm like, I look for it, mm-hmm. look for it, look for it everywhere. Then she passed away. And then, you know, you know, when, when someone passes away, you know, people come and they kind of help you clean in the house. And so fast forward another month. Okay. So a lot of people have come through, a lot of people have cleaned, could not find it. And then one evening I was sleeping and, you know, I got woken up uh, during the night. I don't know what startled me, but something startled me. I woke up. I went to the bathroom. I came back. I turned on the light. And at the bottom of this bed, which is right in front of my face, which was not there, was the wing that completes the part of the angel. So immediately I'm like, got it. <laughs> I know what to do now glue the wing back onto the angel and say, hey, but that was Imelda's letting you know that I'm around. I'm going to be around, you know, uh, and, and you probably asked for it, Brian. And that's true. So uh, I did. I did say, hey, show me a sign. I'm always, hey, I'm always uh, keep showing me a sign that you're around. 
And she definitely delivered twice on those two stories. So. That's awesome. And Brian, when you went to the medium, I just want to clarify that a little bit uh, for those who hadn't heard the story from our first conversation. The medium basically told you that, look, Imelda wants you to know that you were relying on her as the crux. That came came from from the medium medium that was relaying it from Imelda is, you know, in life, uh, you know, especially she was a very gifted, you know, reader, you know, and some people are like that. Some people, that's what they put on this planet to do is to be able to connect and just like, uh, you know, I like to think uh, in business and finance, it's something that I was put on this earth to do. And Thomas, you know, being an entrepreneur and Helen doing, doing um, the psychological and things with your clients as well. You know, like we're all put here to be professionals. She was put here to be a connector of spiritual realms and be able to read and do that. That was part of mm-hmm. her existence you know and so when she relays the message i take serious heed to it just because that's her profession and especially someone that i know you know and 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 i even write about so she was just mentioning hey you know when you come in life and you get around someone that's very connected you know we all come here to, to learn on our own spiritual journey and i was relying on her expertise because i would get a reading every day i would get like hey what should we do today in this thing? You know, I have this conversation with this guy or this gal, you know, like what should we do? And she would do a reading and she would give me her insights. But at some point you got to do that yourself. Like you have to grow into this realm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what part of this topic is today is, is this shine a light through the power of our stories, our collective stories to say, Hey, there's more than this than meets the eye you know, just physical flesh and blood in this lifetime. We're here to do more and learn more. And part of this is to hopefully be, maybe become the, the beginning or, or or remind you of that. Mm-hmm. I, I love that part too, Brian, because I think as men, you know, we tend to focus on business a lot and our professional careers. And a lot of times we rely very much on our wives to fill in all the other blanks in our lives. And there's a lot after that. Right. Um, and I was doing that same thing. And I think that Judy has shown me many times that I needed to be the one that was providing service to others like she did. And I relied on her to do that. I relied on her to be the one serving the community, serving at school, serving um breast cancer survivors. And she, and because I was relying on that much as you did, Brian, it was a crutch essentially. And I think that part of the messaging I got loud and clear from her over the time, okay, it took me longer than it takes you, Brian, because I'm thick headed, (laughs) but I eventually got it to where it's like, look, you need to not be so hyper-focused on business and start to give back a lot more and start to serve more and take my place in a lot of instances where she would have done that. Now I need to be doing that. And I need to be setting that example for our girls. It's that lesson in learning to trust our own intuition and to develop our own intuition and, and the gifts that, that come from loss, which is sort of an opening. up. Helen, why do you think, yeah, Helen, why do you think that, um, that we do get messages back, that we we still stay connected. Do you think it's so that they can help guide us, keep us out of trouble, the bad directions, guide us toward the good directions? I I definitely feel like I'm 
I'm nudged a lot of times. And like I said, sometimes I have trouble listening, but I do feel like there's positive and negative nudges that are being done. The screaming was definitely a nudge that I was going in a perhaps wrong direction. Um, the hearts even could have been that interpreted that way. And then there have been such beautiful, positive directions that I've gotten yeah, as well. I, I think, um, again, this is an evolution in connection because it, initially it's all about the loss and losing, losing the person and wanting to stay connected. And then we can grow into seeing and hearing the messages that mm -hmm. are prompting us to have a look over here, have a look over there, don't go over here. And I think it, it happens not just for us as adults, but I know my children have had experiences when they were very little, they, they had experiences. And um, my eldest is, is quite in tune, quite, quite psychic. And um, my youngest is in denial of her own. So, <laughs> so sorry, Sarah, if you're listening <laughs> to this, but it's true. Um, <laughs> but, but those nudges, Kat had one, Kat is now 19, but when she was seven, she was doing some writing. She's a very bright kid and she was writing about an experience and she wanted me to type it for her. And I went and looked it up today. This is a blog that she had when she was just a, a young kid and she was six when David died. And I actually wrote it down mm -hmm. because I, I thought as I was preparing for this, it would be interesting to read what she'd written. And what she wrote was that she was in bed one night and she saw her daddy and he whispered in her ear, think positive, have fun and do your best and you'll do great. So this was an experience that she had as a seven. So that was at six, That's right? That was six. six she lost him at seven, she, she had this experience. So yeah, wow. yeah. Very profound experience. Now, backing up even before that, because Sarah, my youngest, was four, four and six when they died. And there was this moment when I was trying to put into words the fact that David was going to die. And, you know, so I, I told little four-year-old Sarah, I said, so daddy is going to go to heaven. He's he's going to be an angel. And she she said, no, he's not. He's standing right next to you. Well, he wasn't, we were at home, he was in bed at hospice, but that's what she said to me. So, you know, those, mm. that connection is there through the whole process and then it changes. Now my connection with David, you know, there's been so many other events and messages and experiences when I've seen him, but now I am able to sort of, he's on my, my, uh, my angel team, right? I've re He's part of my team. So when I meditate, I can access my team. I can access him and I can check in and be like, hey, should I date this guy? And and and, and he can be pretty clear about that. You I bet know? he can. You know, it, you, know, <laughs> you know, it's interesting, Helen, and you bring up a really good point. And I just want to make it be known. You know, you, you said learning to connect to your intuition. And I firmly believe that's, part of the byproduct of losing someone is the wake up call. Hey, it's time to start honing in this craft. And it's obviously, and, and, and just for mm -hmm. everyone out there, it, you're, it's all going to be a different portion of an intuition. What, what, what Helen might be saying, Hey, I meditate and I have my team for you. You might get your information just by a gut understanding or just an inner knowing. 
So just know it's every everyone's intuition is a little bit different on how it showcases to you how it is. It's not that you have to hear it or see it or you sometimes you can just know it. And so honing that craft and I it, it's a very important I state that because for years I would try to say, hey, I, I don't think I can do it like Amela. Like I can't just like she sees a symbol and gets all this information from a symbol. I'm like, no, that's not me. Like that is not me. Like I have, I get like an inner knowing or I get a gut feeling and I'm like, ooh, maybe I should not go right and I should go left on that gut feeling. And then that I've learned over the years to know this means go left, okay? Or this means go right, you know? And that's how I connect to intuition, but everyone's going to learn a little bit differently. I just wanted to point that out. I love that. Yeah, and you don't have to be a seventh degree. Um to still get value and benefit from starting to connect with this other dimension yeah. or this intuition as you're talking about, Brian. And I do think that Helen, um, your meditation is an important element for a lot of people to connect to it. I do believe that in the world that we live in, where whenever we have quiet time, we pick up our phone and we always have to be busy, that it gets really hard to connect unless you do create that quiet time. For me, it happens to be with devotionals. It's definitely with yoga and meditation or at the gym when I get into a flow on certain exercises or even with music. So there's a number of different ways I think that different people can connect. But regardless, there has to be a quieting of the noise around you and some of these issues that, that we're faced with in order to connect. Any advice there, Brian? I'll throw uh, it to you first. Uh, me? How me, do you connect? I... I like to connect in the morning and the evening before I go to bed. Um, I like set times. Sometimes they're guided. Sometimes they're unguided meditations. Sometimes it's just sitting in solitude and just thinking and connect, you know, just thinking and not trying to think of anything. You know, now for me personally, I wrote about it in the book, but uh, that, you know, when I first started, it was like, hey, can I just sit here for five, 10 minutes and not try to think about anything? And it took about 21, 28 days, about 30 days to learn and retrain my brain to not think. That, for me, was my first indication of how to get into a meditative state um, to try to, to connect with just being silenced, <laughs> you know, the, just silenced in general. <laughs> of course, did I not, when I say not think, course you're going to get random thoughts but i'm just saying to learn the art of not constantly thinking because you know i know for me mm -hmm. in a world of stimulation you, you just look on any social media thread or any app it's designed to make you stop what you're doing and just turn that off and just try not to do anything mm -hmm. that was the toughest part for me when i first made my first step into trying to meditate or reconnect to my own intuition yeah, for me, I'd literally, Brian, have to exhaust myself. And yoga is meant to do that, right? All of the yoga practice is set to get you to what? Savasana, right? Where you're laying there peaceful and quiet. But everything works up to that point to kind of get you in a state where you can let your mind free of thoughts and issues. Helen, how do you do your quiet connecting with your angel team meditation or to or get, get there, those connections? To get here. When I work with my clients on mindfulness or meditation, I tell them three minutes, just three minutes sitting in quiet 
and that's it. And to not judge any thoughts or racing thoughts, because especially when you've had loss, what quiet brings feelings and that's painful. It's difficult, but mm -hmm. underneath those feelings after they've been released is a different kind of quiet and it's more of a peace. And, and that's an important part of knowing um, you don't have to be um, 30 minutes sitting with no thoughts. In fact, I rarely am completely thought free. I usually have this process where I call it intuitive treatment planning, like all oh, my clients fly through my head. And then I have all these intuitions about where I need to go next in their cases and things like this. And, and then I'll have a moment where I'm like, oh, wait a second, I'm really sad and I feel frustrated and I have to process this emotionally over there. And then maybe after that, I can put in a request to go deeper and well you could tell and, you could tell Helen's done some work here okay like this is this is this is real like oh, this yeah. is part of <laughs> it's it's evident yeah she's much more of a black belt than either of us will you know be it makes in me think of that definitely. because we are all in our own places right we're all black belts because we're our own black belts right the the it's not you know this mm -hmm. is we're tangential. It's not like a path where we're all like racing towards enlightenment. It's not like that because if that was it, then that's not enlightenment. <laughs> if it's a race to enlightenment, that's not enlightenment by the very nature of, of that statement. But it makes me think of in Harry Potter, the uh, Thestrals, the horses, that only someone who's witnessed a death can see. I feel like, yeah. Because of the losses we've experienced, it opens us up to an ability to go to an intuitive state more quickly than somebody who hasn't maybe experienced that kind of loss. It's like it's a psychic opening in some ways. That's just my theory on it. Um, so I always think of the Thestrals. And <laughs> it's, 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 a an very, it's a very interesting theory. It's a very interesting theory. I, I would consider it. I can see that as being the starting point, Helen, yes. that, 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 that gets you starting in that direction. But I don't know if that's, I would say for anyone that, that experienced loss, it cannot, doesn't have to be just your significant other. It can be a mom or dad or a grandma or a grandpa or, or even a close friend or pet, even a pet. Correct. You know, it's, it's just the starting point of, of this journey of just being more present to to what's possible of, of reconnecting to your intuition. Um, that's what I that's what I believe. It's just it, it just gets your attention. Says, yeah, I got to be here now. And and now something's got to change and it's got to change rapidly <laughs> because yeah. what used to happen is not going to happen because that person or item or pet is not here. And things have changed. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, and Helen, I agree that you don't need to have that loss to kind of see it. Um, I think there's, you know, but it does give you that catalyst for change. There are many though uh, grieving widowers who aren't changing. You know, they are a little bit stuck. And um, any any advice there, Helen, for them? And then, Brian, over to you on that, because I know there are a lot who, uh, you know, and we all go through our separate timelines and our, our own journey. But, you know, they will self-admit, look, I'm, you know, two years, three years, four years into it, and I'm no closer to 
kind of making the progress I thought I would have made in this time frame. And I'm four years in or three yeah. years in. But I tend to view the word stuck as, as sometimes a way to judge oneself or, or others. I, I like to think more pause. Mm -hmm. I do this because it's like dog pause, you know, pause. Sometimes there's a pause because there's more information that needs to be gathered, a deeper insight to be had um, before moving on to the next stage. I talk about clients about how, you know, we want healing or journeys to be like this, that growth trajectory, but that's mm -hmm. not how it goes. Uh, often healing mm -hmm. is a, a circle back and then an inch forward and then a circle back and an inch forward as we learn and grow. But many times it goes like this. I mean, my personal journey has been like WTF <laughs> a lot of the time. And then we can spiral forward a bit. And then it's going to be like this for a little bit. And then we'll spiral forward. So, so thinking in terms of pause, because there's more to be learned before that next piece is assimilated. Sometimes we have to sit in the pain to release it. I love that. Brian, anything yeah, to add on to that? The interpretation that Helen presents there, it, it's very similar to the old success, you know, you know, diagram that you see, you know, success looks like a squiggly line and uh, it's never linear. Like Helen mm -hmm. was, was describing in her yeah. WTF scenario. But, you know, I, 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 would, I would consider <laughs> it like a, the way I envision it is when you go through it, it's more like a tornado and you're kind of going upward. It looks like the same scene, mm -hmm. but it's not the same because you're not the same. It's different. It's a different time. And mm -hmm. it's just to remind you that this is a similar time and something probably needs to be rearranged or this is a different time. And, and you learn through that whole circumstance. So I like to envision it kind of like a tornado and it just looks the same, but it's not. And that's, there's parts in the journey. And I would suggest to people that are really judgmental about, I should be further along. There is no handbook. There is no, there is no like, like you're five, seven and a quarter and you need to be 175 pounds or, you know, like it, when you lose someone you love, no one says 2.5 years, you're supposed to be here on the journey. You know, or, or 4.7 years, you're supposed to be here on the journey. There's no, there's no rule handbook. So when people say they're judging where they be, you're just being really harsh on yourself. Uh, because I'm pretty sure everyone on this call still thinks about their significant other almost every day. Or think about someone they love that passed away almost every day. You know, like I, I think about grandpa, I think about grandma, I think about a melt. Like there's certain people that are just very, that it's going to remind you as you go throughout your day. And those are the little gems that I would say is a reminder when you think of grandma or you think of your wife or you think of your husband, right, that you've lost or that pet is just a reminder of whatever you're thinking about, it's probably them. And it's probably a, a little lesson <laughs> or something like, hey, don't be so harsh, kind of enjoy the ride. Like we all come here to kind of be a part of this thing. And so... Don't, that's my best advice on how to deal with it is to just, just, there's no handbook. There's no handbook. There's no timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And don't beat yourself up over it or, or have that kind of rigid timeline that yeah. it just may take you more time. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. 
let's get back to the the spirit topic a little bit. I know that several widower brothers have talked about dreams and the dreams they've had. And in particular, many have had dreams where, and they're beautiful dreams, where their wife is not scarred from the surgeries or the hair is restored from the chemo or whatever it may be that they're restored in the dream and almost coming back to say, hey, everything is all right. And I'm as beautiful as you remember me. Brian, talk about that a little bit. Have you had any dream experiences like uh, yeah, that? Of I, uh, I'm not a big dreamer. I, um, I, for years, it'd be very difficult for me to remember a dream. So me particularly, I have to wake up. I set my alarms. If you looked at my alarm on my phone, I wake up at 444, 555, 655, 755, 855, 955, or 1055. So I specifically try to induce getting up early possibly going back to sleep to because that dream state for me is when I actually can remember a dream. So I, I'm a little quirky mm -hmm. like that, but that's how I do it. Uh, but on the dreams that I do remember about Imelda, she, it's, it's usually fleeting. It's usually that she looks, she, she always looks good, but, but there's usually a point where she's just trying to give me a nugget information or just, Hey, just spend some time. And I, I get a little glimpse of it. But I've, I'm a firm believer in dreams. I'm a firm believer that we get messages in our dreams. And there's been many occasions, not, not from Imelda, but just in dreams in general, to get that intuitive hit or reconnect to your intuition through the dream state. You know, mm -hmm. um, many times I can, I can think of over the years of good business ideas or things or people I should be hanging around with or I shouldn't be hanging around with and things like that. Completely well, agree. Um, Brian, I'm like you. I don't dream, or at least I don't remember my dreams. I have never had a dream about David. Um, if I have, it's because I haven't recorded it, because that's just the way I am. I just don't. Um, but I've had many times when I've seen him. So when I, you know, uh, about... But you can see uh, him? Like, you see him, like, in the, like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't happen anymore, but in in the first around five years, I would see him. And it, it started about seven months after he died. And then <laughs> I would see him come down the stairs every night. I'd have the girls, they'd be asleep, stories done, everything. And, and I'd be sitting on the couch by myself and I would see him come down the stairs every night and then just sort of dissipate at the bottom of the stairs. Like he just read their stories to him. And then after a year, a little over a year, we moved back into house that we also owned that was much smaller I had to downsize when we went into this house where he and I had lived before right I couldn't feel him and then didn't see him in the same way that I did at our house we're at when uh when he was alive and um so I I was really gutted I was really upset about that because I'd been used to sort of seeing his presence feeling his presence in that way so I asked him to come and literally the next night I would see him coming out of the bedroom and going to get ice cream from the freezer each time it's always the same thing so probably Brian you might know a little bit about what that might be as far as having Imelda you know she probably taught you quite a lot about those kind of um, like lingering presence, or I don't know what you would even call it, but. Oh, I mean, obviously he was there, you know, if you see him, you know, like he's there, you know, and that's what's yeah. cool about it. 
you know, yeah. and it, it kind of reminded me of one other thing when I go to bed, you know, there was a light, there's a light next to the bed and every night there'd be like a ping, like ping. And it was usually her like, just letting you know, like, and I'm like, I got so used to it. And you're like, Hey Melda, how you doing? You know, is everything good? Yep. Yep. Had another great day. Killed it today. You know, can I go to bed now? You know, like, like, you know, like, like literally like one of those, but she lets you know when she's around and that's, and I, and that's what David was letting you know, you know, he was letting you know, he's around. They're always around. Yep. Tuned into it. Right. Yeah, just yeah. It'd be okay with it. I mean, it's cool. It's cool. It's, I mean, it's the best next best rendition than than being here physically. But you know, like, yeah. is, is to be connected, you know, energetically, and, and yes. personal viewpoints. Like the the second best thing that could happen, uh, you know, in the situation. Yeah. Helen, what's the one thing you'd like to leave our growth warriors with today? When regard to spirits, ghosts, and visitations. Oh, gee, the one thing. Um, open-hearted, open-minded. <laughs> uh, and if you think you're seeing it, you are. If you think you're hearing it, you are. And that's all part of being open-hearted and open-minded. Yeah, I totally agree. And it took me a while to get there. So totally agree with that advice. Brian. Yeah, I... I would say it's a good message, Helen, being open-minded and, um, and just be, it's, it's okay. It's okay. Mm -hmm. If it does happen, like it's not nothing crazy. It's part of it. Um, and you can ask for it. You can do it in a controlled way. It doesn't have to be like sprung upon you. You can, you, you know, you, you can have a prayer to your loved ones to have them nicely show to you, you know, that they're around and they're thinking about it. Me personally, like I said, I like to see Cardinals. Cardinals is a, is a well-known thing. When you see a Cardinal, usually you, I think of my loved ones, whoever I'm thinking about. So and that could be a first down payment is when you see a Cardinal, think of your loved one. And, um, and that could be the way it kind of starts from there. Yeah. And my advice to everyone is don't be as thick headed as I was. Um, you know, those signs, believe them when they're there. Try to quiet your mind so that you can connect to them. And like you said, Brian, don't be afraid to ask for guidance, ask for signs, ask for it and quiet your mind enough so that you're actually listening and that you can hear it. And when you hear it, believe it. So. Guys, thank you so much, Brian. Thanks for joining us again. And Helen as well. Great always to have yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. You're thank welcome. you. And thank you all for listening to our Grow Through Greed podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe so you can stay in touch. Hit the like button. And until next time, my growth warriors, keep growing. <laughs>